You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. In the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Have a seat, church. Good morning. Happy Easter. You know, for, for Christians, Easter isn't just a day, it's a lifestyle, right? You get this? No, y'all don't get this? Okay, let me explain it to you. We have been saved from sin and death, and Easter marks kind of inaugurates this whole new life, not just a moment, but this whole new life that we get to now enter into and participate. So one of the ways that the church marks this is we put up the biggest candle we can find, and we all dress in white, and we say things like, Alleluia, Christ has risen for six straight weeks. That candle's going to be here forever, but we're only going to say, Alleluia, Christ has risen for six weeks, and we're going to ring bells. And this is just some small way that we can say, look, Easter isn't just this time, this moment, but it is indeed this whole new life that we've been invited into. Amen? So I, I need you guys to like, I know this is going to be a struggle, but I need us to like really absorb this. Okay? Be- why, Sean? Well, because the name of our church is Resurrection. Okay? For one, we've got to get this down. If we don't get this down, nobody can get it down. But also, this is the only way to truly live. And how will our neighborhood know unless we indeed embody that life. So let's struggle to do that. I was reading some research recently. This is dangerous when I read research, but I get it um, sometimes. And this research was claiming that about a quarter of us, think about this, one out of every four of us, even in this room, regularly or often feel lonely, like deep loneliness. Now, all of us at some point, I know we we like feel lonely, all of us do. That's an an experience that all of us share. And if you're like a raging extrovert like myself, it'd probably be good for you to go and try and be lonely. Like that's a good discipline, Dietrich Bonhoeffer tells us. The day away for you people who like to be with people, the day away is so good for you. But did you know that even this experience of loneliness, one out of every four of us in this community experienced, do you know that that has actually been overcome? by Easter, by the resurrection. Now, for some of us, this may be really strange to consider that something that happened 2,000 years ago actually weighs in on our lived experience today in something like loneliness. And we can even be around people all the time and have an amazing social life and still feel deeply lonely, can't we? The resurrection changes this. Let me back up and I'll explain what I mean. For the earliest Christians, those who had witnessed with their own eyes the risen Jesus. There were surprising changes that happened in their everyday lived experience, their life. The resurrection wasn't something they just thought about and realized and thought, wow, that's, what a great, what a novel idea. How hopeful. What a great message. No, no, the resurrection historically happened and these people witnessed it and it changed their everyday life. They were introduced to this whole new approach to following the person of life who's overcome death in the grave. No longer were they enslaved to sin. No longer were they just oppressed without hope, but actually they have this conqueror, this Jesus Messiah who's been raised from the dead and their whole life was transformed. We read this in the Acts of the, uh, the Apostles that we heard from Davis this morning. They went about and spreading this incredible news. If they had Twitter back then, it would've been a lot faster, but this was like person to person, by mouth, the oral tradition, spreading the news of Jesus and the resurrection. In fact, there's even in scripture accounts of Paul 
talking about Jesus and the resurrection and people thought Anastasia in Greek, who's, who's Jesus and Anastasia? Who are you talking about? Because this news of the resurrection was so out there. No one would believe that someone raised from the dead. The people, the acts of the, uh, the, uh, the disciples and Paul himself, these disciples of Jesus go out of the world announcing this incredible news of Jesus and the resurrection. And so the people, when they heard this in Acts, we read, okay, we hear the news. The response is, well, what do we do with this? What do we do? This is a great question. And if you've just experienced Easter, maybe for the first time last Sunday, and you're thinking, great, Jesus is risen from the grave. Now what? What do we do with this? Peter has this reply for you in Acts. And it's like straight to the point. I love this. What do we do? Repent. Be baptized. Why? That your sins would be forgiven and you may receive the Holy Spirit. That your sins would be forgiven. That the darkness in your life would be put away once and for all. That's actually kind of what repentance is getting at when you hear repent. I know maybe some of us have these like images of preachers waving their finger, thumping a Bible on your head saying repent in this kind of ugly way. No, repent is just this change of mind. It's changing from the direction you're heading and going into a new direction. And this news of Easter comes to these people and they say, what do we do? And Peter says, stop heading in the direction of sin and death and turn to the one who's given you life, who gives us the forgiveness of sins, Jesus Christ, and receive the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Receive the spirit of the creator God in your own life, in your own body. Receive the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just being washed of sin, but it was actually receiving God's own presence in your life. You can see why for early Christians, the resurrection was this life-changing thing. This is not like an ordinary, everyday kind of occurrence, right? The forgiveness of sins and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. This was a new life. It's something we often forget about or don't think about is that this new life wasn't just a life for individuals, but it was a life that had come upon an entire community of people, a group of people, witnesses. Scripture tells us that from then on, this community, listen to this, this is craziness. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, this early Christian community, these witnesses. They made hard commitments. Having seen the risen Jesus, turned to him, their sins are forgiven. They've received the Holy Spirit. Their lives now made commitments to one another, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to table groups, to being at each other's houses, to sharing the grit of life together, breaking bread with one another, and praying together. Having seen the resurrection life of Christ, they banded together around the teachings of the apostles themselves, those, those people who were with Jesus through this incredible story. And you can picture this. These apostles around a dinner table saying, tell us again how this went down. Tell us again about that moment where that lady asked you if you knew Jesus and you denied that you knew. Tell, tell us again when you saw Jesus heal this man who was lowered through the roof of this house. Tell us these stories. This community was gathered around the news of who Jesus was and what he was doing. Together, though, in community. No one was left out. No one was shut out. Everyone was welcome in. Loneliness, 
individuality, the darkness that kind of plagues us was actually being put away now that this new community was being formed around this resurrected Jesus. Man, Acts is an incredible book. If you haven't read it, it's one of those you could just sit down and reread and read again. It's this incredible record of accounts of how these early Christians lived out life together in light of the resurrection. They were the first to deal with the after effects of something so unprecedented. Think about this. Now you are a part of a community that claims that this Jewish rabbi raised from the dead and he's offering the forgiveness of sins and now God's sending his spirit to fill us and send us into the world with this news. These were the first folks who had to deal with how that looked in public. Of course they banded together. Of course. Oh, you're one of those people. That's incredible. But they had seen it with their own eyes. How could they deny it? And one of the most key features of this new resurrection community was in fact that they were a new kind of community. Yes, maybe they were a little strange. Yes, maybe they had this unprecedented news. But man, no one would deny the kind of community that these people had become together. No one could deny that. As verse 32 describes, this was no regular community. It says, the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul. That's how close these people were because of the resurrection. It gets even crazier, people. Listen to this. I'm not a communist, okay, but listen to this. It was such a deep fellowship that they started sharing their own property with one another. Whoa. It's not like some fun new economic model, like let's just try this out and see where this goes. But actually, it was a natural effect of having witnessed the resurrected Jesus, this new life that he's given in us and this forgiveness of sins that he's given in us, this ability to, when we hurt one another, to actually reconcile, we can have true human community. A natural effect of that was to share everything that they owned with one another without holding back. They shared property. They shared stories, like I said. They shared everything. They even shared hardship and suffering with one another. They got into fights, I'm sure, but they made things right. What they were doing, friends, being filled with Jesus' own spirit was living out the community that Jesus had given them. Given them. He, they were sharing in his love for them. Like actually sharing in the love that Jesus has for us, they were sharing in that love. They were sharing in the healing that Jesus had given to them, despite their suffering, despite their ailments. The whole thing, top to bottom, the resurrection had formed this new community. And as Acts tells us, listen, a great grace came upon them all. This community wasn't some like uncomfortable thing, but it was actually this grace, it was this gift that they all enjoyed together. There's something about this news, there's something about being witnesses of these events that not only drew them together, but resulted in a radical new way of being in community with other people, this early church. Heart and soul, possessions, stories. This was that new community. Now, some of the challenge of Christianity lately, if you compare that understanding of Christian community with like what we see more, more recently, lately in the world, is an emphasis on personal faith, which is super important. You should decide to follow Jesus, absolutely. 
But this emphasis on personal faith has oftentimes and regrettably resulted in this like hyper-isolated, privatized, individualized expression of faith. I was talking to someone this week about their faith and they said, look, it's, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian, but it's just something I kind of keep to myself. I don't really need to be with people about that. I don't need to talk about that. That is such a, and that's, I mean, that's fine, whatever. It's not fine, but that is such a strange way of being a Christian. If you were to take that person in the early church community, they would have done what we just did. Like, what? No. Do you know Jesus? Do you know what he's left us? Yes, we make personal commitments of faith, but Jesus has formed a community of people to share in this resurrection life. You can hear it all the time in the way we talk. Listen to this, for instance. Well, my Jesus, my Jesus would never do that. The God that I believe in, he would never do that. He would never say that. Or when I read the Bible, I come to a totally different understanding, personally speaking, right? No offense, but like the way I understand it is, and there's this, there's this I that is like ingrained itself in, in like contemporary Christianity that's actually foreign to Christianity. It doesn't belong there. Again, and I, I know because I'm going to get an email, so just like hang on there, okay? I'm not knocking personal faith. You need to make a decision to follow Jesus. You need to read the Bible, You should, and you can read the Bible. But the Christian life is meant to be lived in its natural habitat. Where it comes alive is with other people in community, not co-opted by our culture who likes to crown the needs of the individual over everybody else's needs. That is foreign to the way of Jesus, believe it or not. We don't crown individual needs. No, we take towels and wash each other's feet. That's different, people. That is so confrontational and wildly and scandalously different. And if we're not aware of this difference, the way we follow Jesus and what we think it means to be a Christian can get twisted and deformed. And it becomes to look like something we see in this world and it's totally not of this world. We've got to fight for that. We've got to be able to know the difference. It's not the same. Our kind of community, this Christian community, this new community around the risen Jesus exists because we share in the life that he has given us, this new life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, that is trampled over death, that can be reconciled, where forgiveness of sins is dealt out, where you know what, you don't totally believe and you don't totally understand, that's fine, you have brothers and sisters who are gonna hold you up in belief and they're gonna care for you anyways, even when things are tough and even when you don't understand. It's just a totally different kind of arrangement for Christian community. We, why? Because we are witnesses. We have seen something that in community we're gonna fight to continue to understand. We may not totally understand who Jesus is and how he was raised from the grave or how he is triune in the person of God, but we can't unsee what we've seen, right? But we, we know him, like Thomas. We've touched his wounds. They've been placed in our hand week after week after week and we consume them. Believe we believe, help my unbelief. Yeah, that's okay. That's like what it means to be a Christian. And so we continue to worship, we continue to pray, we continue to scour scripture, deepening our understanding. But we do it not alone, but together. The church, listen to this, Rez. 
The church caught in the act of being itself, not trying to do something else, but the church caught in the act of being itself is a gathered community around the risen Jesus. A gathered community around the risen Jesus. That's just what the church is when it's itself. But let's be clear, it's not just some affinity group. We're not just, you know what, we all like Jesus, so let's get together, we'll throw a big party. It's not community for the sake of overcoming loneliness. It's a new community formed on entirely new terms. It's a new ballgame altogether because of what we have witnessed in Jesus. He is the victor over sin and death. Everything that divides human beings, Jesus has trampled over. So we got new terms. Everything you've ever been afraid of about being in community with a bunch of weirdos who might hurt you, Jesus has overcome all that stuff. Praise God. And now we have a hope that even bozos like myself who hurt one another, hurt people, that I can actually come in humility and say, like I do all the time, I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? And you can actually extend in grace the forgiveness that was extended to you by Jesus. We have a whole new terms for community. We don't have to be perfect. Because we're coming around Jesus, who is perfect, who's given us a way to be community. Listen to what John, 1 John 1.3 says. Simply announcing the news of the resurrection had the power to create this new kind of community. Listen, we declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We can actually have fellowship with God. We are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. Friends, there is sheer power in just the announcement of the risen Jesus. Just declaring it, just saying it. There is power in that because it's good news. Jesus is risen, so we are not alone. Despite whatever it is that you're facing in your life right now that, that is working to isolate you, that is working to rip you apart from people, that is working to separate you and crush you, whatever burden, whatever heaviness, whatever darkness is tugging at you right now, listen, it's over. You don't actually have to fight and contend because Jesus has already fought and already contended for you. It's been settled. You don't have to be alone. But you're invited into this living community in fellowship with God himself because of Jesus. Amen? Somebody say amen to this. I know it's cold out, but goodness, people. We are not abandoned to darkness. Jesus has overcome it. Thank you. And the death that our culture and our communities and our neighborhoods tend to just inadvertently deal out, we can actually put that away. We can deal something different. We don't have to be isolated anymore. We have a new hope for community, friends, because of Jesus. And in the light of the resurrection, we can honestly say and pray with the psalmist, how very good, how good, how good, how good, and pleasant it is when I get together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Like I know for some of us who come from maybe a church background, you're like, that is not good to get together <laughs> with brothers and sisters in Jesus. You should, you should hear my story, Sean. I know, I'm sure you've got stories. I've, I've got stories, right? We've got stories. But because of Jesus, there are new terms for us. 
We don't have to be perfect, but we can actually in grace and forgiveness come to one another and be reconciled and look to the one who is perfect and say, look, I'm here because of him. And we can reconcile with one another. And when we do, when we live in light of the resurrections, friends, just trust me and like, let's, let's test this out. Let's experiment with this. When we live in light of the resurrection, our community can indeed be good. Our life together can be sharing in the goodness of God like we talk about all the time. Let's be that kind of community. To be a church that's named resurrection is to be the kind of community that fights for this kind of goodness among us. The goodness that has been won for us by the resurrection of Jesus. This is our inheritance. This is what we get, this new life in him. And this new life, it begins with the boldness of those who are courageous and crazy enough to share what they have witnessed, that Jesus is risen, friends. Think of the people in your life who need to hear that, starting with yourself. Jesus is risen. We have a whole new hope. People need to know how good God's love is for them. People need to know how good it is when you gather together around Jesus' people. People have got to know. If you don't have regular community around Christians, friends, I want to just encourage you, don't go and like try something. Don't like go out and experiment and work really hard to figure this out. I'm not going to say that. If you're not gathering with Christian people and you're a Christian or like remotely close to calling yourself one, just can I just say be yourself? Be yourself. As someone who has like even maybe got a glimpse of the risen Jesus and thought, that's interesting. How beautiful. I'm just going to tell you, be yourself. Because when you are yourself, church, you gather and you share in the goodness of God. You reconcile. That's who you are. You live in the hope and in the light of the resurrected Jesus. Just be yourself. Strengthen your fellowship here on Sunday. Be here. Make a point to say, you know what? Forget the rest of my schedule. What more important gathering in my life is there than coming to celebrate what Jesus has done for me? Anybody got an idea of a more important? No, because there isn't any. Make a point to be here. It's okay. And that's not like some stuffy church person thing to say, like, oh, I'm going to be there on Sunday. No, actually, you can actually desire to be here. And maybe even on time. I mean, let's not go there, but (laughs) too far, too far, too far. Bring it back. We can actually decide we want to be here with God's people and enjoy worshiping with them. Jesus is worth celebrating. We can decide to do that. And that's actually Christians as being themselves. No guilt. No guilt attached to that. We can enjoy being together. And we can be intentional about our gathering during, uh, on, not only on Sunday, but also during the week. Look, it's okay if you want to gather in a table group. That's not like weird and churchy. No, that's what Christians do when they're being themselves and they're enjoying the goodness of God. So find a gathering. If you need help finding a table group, come talk to me. I'll get you connected. This is what we do. Res, may we who have witnessed the resurrection be gathered around the resurrected one and share in the good life that he's given to us. Amen? Amen. Let's take a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.